you know, we had this first year where I was kind of on my own with the kids a lot. And, you know, of course, in retrospect, thinking about it from their perspective, I mean, they had known me for a little while, but they didn't know me that well. And all of a sudden, you know, their dad's in like this new house, married, you know, this lady that seems nice, but we don't really know her all that well. And, and now this lady's telling us what to do, you know, like, screw that. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Lynch, with a very special guest, special, special guest today, um, a smart lawyer, a smart lawyer who is also a stepmom, who's going to tell everyone why I just said that, because she just said it's me. There's a story behind it. Uh, Cameron Normand is the host of the Stepmom Diaries podcast. She's also the founder and CEO of This Custom Life, where she provides stepmoms with tools and advice to help them embrace their blended family lives. She's a certified step-parent coach and the creator of the Blended Family Formula for Stepmom Success. So great. She also, this is what I started with, she's also a smart lawyer. She's going to tell us what that means when she says she's a a smart lawyer, all the hats that she wears. Um, And... She was named one of Washington Business Journal's Women Who Mean Business. It's so cool. So important. You can tell us all about that. Cameron's known as Cammy G to four stepchildren, one with special needs. In her spare time, she loves pop culture, good coffee, spending time with her husband, and trying to achieve that elusive concept of balance. When you find it, let me know how you find it. Hi, Cameron. Thanks for being on the show today. I'm so excited to have you. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. This is so fun. This is so fun. This is so fun. For those of you listening who don't know, uh, Cameron just wrapped up a huge event in the summer for those of us in this hemisphere, winter for winter for everybody in Australia and over there. Um, It was called the Stepmom Summit. And it was a smashing success. And I can't wait to hear all about that. And you've got so many good things to talk about. So thanks for being here. Let's start. Let's start at the beginning. How are we going to fit this all in? How are we going to fit this all in? Tell me, Cameron, who are you? We'll just start there. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do day by day and by night? Who's a part of your step family? How long have you been a stepmom? All that good stuff. Let us know who you are. Okay. That's a big question. Um, <laughs> so I, I am originally from down South um, and my accent comes out occasionally, mostly when I've had a few glasses of wine um, <laughs> and, and went to school in South Carolina and Georgia before making my way up to Washington, DC after law school. And, you know, you mentioned that I'm a lawyer and I am, but I, I, I always like to say I'm a smart lawyer because I don't actually practice law. <laughs> so I went from uh, law school to Capitol Hill and I worked in politics 
there and um, in the private sector and have been working in politics for a little over 20 years, which I feel like dates me in maybe not a great way, but that's okay. We'll, we'll stick with it. Um, I became a stepmom at age 40 and um, had, you know, spent a lot of time on my career building, you know, a big life in DC. Like I traveled all the time, tons of friends. I've been to Antarctica and you know, Africa and all the places that, you know, you would want to dream of. And then I always like to say, you know, after all that, I met my Prince Charming who came with four kids. <laughs> so not the, not the traditional, you know, knight in shining armor strolling up on the white horse. Right. Um, the white knight came with four little ponies trailing behind. Came with Ew. four little ponies. Yeah. yeah. But we knew pretty quickly. I mean, we met, and we were engaged actually within like two and a half months. So we both knew really quickly. He had um, just divorced his wife um, or just, it was in, he was actually in the process of finalizing it when I met him. They were trying to get all the papers signed and everything, but they had been separated for a long time. Um, yeah. And we just kind of knew immediately. I mean, we just sort of, you know, kismet, right? Or you like meet and just sort of know. And I always thought that that was maybe a little uh, too cutesy, a little like a, that'll never happen to me. And then it did. <laughs> and here we are four kids later, you know? Um, so yeah. And it, it, it has been, it's been a wild roller coaster ride. I um, was a stepmom for, I think about a year, year and a half before I sort of, I know you and I talked about this on my podcast too, like hitting your rock bottom and like knowing that things have to change. And it was, you know, pretty quick into that, that, you know, I was like, okay, I thought this was going to be totally different. <laughs> sure. Like, I, I feel like it's like a rite of passage, right? I, I feel, oh, totally. I feel like, you know, when, when we step moms fall, we fall hard and we throw all reason out the window and we have this vision that life is going to be happily ever after because the, the rose colored glasses are so dang pink. So I want to know, you know, before we get into like the, what the F did I get myself into phase? I want to know, like you met Prince Charming, you fell madly in love. You got engaged in like a, a heartbeat when you know, you know, right. Obviously, but what, totally. you know, what did you think that life was going to be like, uh, when, when your knight in shining armor rode in through that door, rode off when you rode off into the sunset, what did you think life was going to be like? And then, yeah, you know, it's so funny. How did it turn out after? Yeah. It's so funny. Cause like, I always felt like I had a pretty good handle on what it might be like to be a stepmother because I had a stepmother growing up and we didn't necessarily have the best relationship, but I kind of knew, I knew what I wanted it to be. And I sort of knew like kind of what not to do, you know? And so, you know, the fact that he had four kids, I mean, it was like a lot to process, but I was like, you know, whatever. I've, kids always love me and, you know, this will be a chance to have the big family I never had. I was an only child growing up and it'll be great, you know? And I, I don't know. I mean, I definitely did have rose colored glasses, but, you know, I knew that, I knew that it wasn't going to be like completely smooth sailing. I knew that Craig and his ex had a high conflict relationship. I knew that the youngest had special needs. Um, you know, I knew that there were 
things, you know, but, um, but I think I somehow thought that, you know, I would come into the picture and we would just like form this little family unit. And, and I always sort of make fun of myself because I did grow up in the South and, you know, we monogram everything. Cause that's just what you do when you're from the South. And so like, before we even walked down the aisle, I had like the monogram Christmas stockings and the monogram Easter baskets and like all the things. Cause I knew that like, you know, we had bought a house and as we got every, you know, we got their rooms all done and I'm like, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have to make all my family recipes for Thanksgiving dinner and, you know, Christmas morning, we'll wake up and have cinnamon rolls and then open presents and matching pajamas and it'll be amazing. And, you know, all the things, <laughs> And I don't know what I was smoking, but <laughs> that is not exactly how it turned out. And we have had some of those great moments, you know, I mean, it has certainly not been doom and gloom the whole way through. And I, you know, I love my stepkids and I love my family, but it, there definitely were some, some times in the beginning that I made a lot of mistakes because I just didn't know, you know, and just a lot of, you know, some things that I just really didn't count on and things I didn't really know how to handle, you know, which I think is pretty common. Of course, because how could we how could we know how to, how, how to handle most of the things? I mean, and I, something that, that I think that we forget as new stepmoms is like, when you become a parent, when you become a biological parent, you don't know what the F you're doing either. You don't know, you don't know, you figure it out. Right. But there's like a little more grace. There's a little more grace for biological parents to figure it out than totally uh, as a stepmom, at least in in my own experience. So. And that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. But the good news is none of us know what we're doing ever. So yeah, no, <laughs> it looks right. like you can remember that. We're all going to be okay. We're all on the same team of not knowing what the F we're doing ever. Yeah. Making it. <laughs> so monogramming aside, you know, what kind of started happening in, in your newlywed life that led you to this moment where you're like, what in the Sam hell did I get myself into? Well, you know, it was interesting. So my husband, um, retired from a 30 year military career last summer. And so when we got married, he was sort of, you know, in the last few years of his career, but he had, um, the first year of our marriage, he had this assignment where it was, um, 12 hours on 12 hours off for four days and then three days off and then back again. And it, so he was either working five in the morning to five in the afternoon or five in the afternoon to five in the morning. So when we had the kids, I was a single stepmom, either waking them all up and getting them to school or doing dinner, bedtime, going to bed. So that was a really difficult. And in retro, you know, looking back, of course, hindsight's 2020. And now I know I'm like, God, what were we thinking doing that? Like putting me in that position, you know, but neither of us knew. And I think like he really badly wanted a partner that was an equal partner and fully participating in the kids' lives and, you know, working with him in every aspect. And I very much wanted to be that. I very much wanted to be the equal partner. You know, I was happy to go to school meetings and show up at events and do all the things because I just, you know, was so excited about having this family. And I just knew that, you know, that's what you do. You show up at all the things and you go to the meetings and you go to the doctor's appointments and all that. So, you know, we had this first year where I was kind of on my own with the kids a lot. And, 
you know, of course, in retrospect, thinking about it from their perspective, I mean, they had known me for a little while, but they didn't know me that well. And all of a sudden, you know, their dad's in like this new house, married, you know, this lady that seems nice, but we don't really know her all that well. And, and now this lady's telling us what to do, you know, like, screw that. And so, you know, it, it led to some challenges because I was sort of put in this place of, you know, having to enforce rules, having to enforce bedtimes and getting out the door to school. And my youngest who is special needs is, you know, a lot of that manifests in behavioral challenges. And so that was just, I was like, oh my God, I don't even, I mean, there were a couple of times. So in the challenge with where Craig's assignment was, was he was in a skiff, which is a secure facility where you don't have access to your phone. So I like couldn't get in touch with him when he was working. And so I was really on my own. I mean, it was so hard. And I mean, looking back, I think both of us are like, how did we do this? You know? And why? Um, and why, you know, <laughs> but again, I mean, it's like hindsight's 2020, 20, you know, I mean, we made so many mistakes that, you know, when we were, when we were trying to kind of set up the house and we had talked a lot about like the type of parents we both were. And of course he knew the type of parent he was because he had been doing it for 14 years. I had no idea. I mean, I knew the type of parent that I thought I wanted to be, but you know, step parents are a little bit different and what does that look like and everything. And so, but we kind of sat down and we were like, okay, well, we need some structure around the house. We need to, you know, create some rules around bedtime and, you know, behavior and consequences and chores and like all those things. And we went about it in like the worst way you could possibly go about it. Like we sat down by ourselves, didn't involve the kids, came up with this like set of rules. I'm type A. So I like typed it all out. It was in a very pretty little, you know, like sheet that we, you know, put up on the wall and we had a family meeting with the kids and Craig was like, you know, you're getting along so well with the kids and you're part of the family now. Like, why don't you tell them about the rules? which like, I always tell people and they're always like, you did it. I'm dun, like, dun, yes, dun. No, I did. I totally did. And the plot thickens. <laughs> oh, good. And it, it went over like a lead balloon. I mean, they were just, I mean, I think that they were really seriously like, who the hell do you think you are lady? Like you're, you're not my mom. You're not my dad, you know? <laughs> and, and here I am with like the best of intentions, you know? And I'm like, why don't these kids, why aren't they responding to this? Why, you know, the oldest at the time was, 14 and I I got to the part in the rules where we're like so everybody's gonna keep their doors open all the time and she just looked at me and was like nope I'm not doing it <laughs> and at the time I was like what's her problem and now I'm like holy cow I would have had the same reaction 100 percent, 100% and that was kind of the turning point was after that interaction I was like this can't be like how it's supposed to go like this just can't be right you know and it was after that and after a couple of particularly bad um, evenings when, when Craig was at work and I was here alone, including one where my youngest called 911 and we had cops show up on the front door. And I did not know that he had used the phone to call 911. <laughs> and the cops were very, very sweet about it. And, you know, they let me bring them up to his room and had a conversation with him about why you don't call 911 when you don't actually need 911. Um, and they, they asked him why he had done it. And he said, well, um, my stepmom told me it was time to go to bed and I didn't want to, I didn't want to take my shower. 
And you could just see their faces. They're like trying not to laugh. Sure. And I'm mortified, you know? And so it, it was a combination of like incidents around stuff like that. And then this, you know, house rules thing that I kind of was like, okay, we're doing this wrong. (laughs) It's funny because it's like, it's like, we all have these, these like catastrophic moments that, that subconsciously we're like, one day I'm going to look back on this and laugh. Right. Someday I'm going to look back on this and (laughs) laugh that I told my 14 year old that they were going to have to keep the door open. And uh, my stepson called 911, but in the moment, in the moment, it's devastating. I couldn't even imagine, you know, and yeah, I mean, it just, and, and also, I mean, I mentioned I'm type A, I mean, like I don't fail at stuff. Like I had never not succeeded at something that I had just tried really hard at, you know what I mean? Like whether it's classes in college or law school or, you know, a career, I'd always worked hard and gotten ahead and done what I needed to do. And I kind of got to a point with being a stepmom in that first year, year and a half where, you know, I had the, the house rules incident and then some of these really unbearable evenings that I really was just like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can I not figure this out? I mean, I am just like failing at this. I, maybe this was a big mistake. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. You know, I mean, I just, nothing's going right. And, you know, add to it all of the like high conflict stuff going on with Craig and their mom and, you know, all the things. And that's really kind of what drove me to do what I'm doing now is that I figured like, there's got to be a better way. And so I really kind of buckled down and I had looked for resources when I became a stepmom, but had not, you know, back then there just wasn't much and there's still not a ton out there, but, um, but I really kind of pulled what I could find together and kind of figured out what it was that I needed to do to get through this. And that's kind of how I ended up founding this, um, starting this blended family formula is it's sort of accumulation of the things that I did that are not, and I always tell my students, it's not a silver bullet, but it's going to give you the tools to be able to be confident in what you're doing and to be able to handle what's thrown at you, which is like even more important than having a silver bullet is like being able to be confident in how you're approaching this role and knowing that whatever is thrown at you, you can get through it. You can figure it out, you know? Absolutely. And, and, you know, something that I guess this kind of speaks to your like piece about being type A and, and thinking that there is, and I think we all do this, right. We all think that there's going to be some set of rules or some, some rule chart or some family meeting or yeah. some type or some type a the family meet I have a story about family meetings too um some type a solution right and and something that that I talk about you know in my free uplifted challenge um is about how we have this misconception as new stepmoms that all we need is more rules and more structure And that more rules and more structure is going to be the thing to fix that, right? A really, a really kind of left brain type A controlling kind of place to to come from. Totally. And especially if you see that the kids don't necessarily have a lot of that structure, like you feel like it's your job to come in and fix it and like be the person that provides all of this stuff that they need. And, and you have to, I mean, eventually I was able to do this, but you have to kind of take a step back and say, you know what, not my job. 
I'm not mom. I'm not dad. It's my job to be there for them in a really different and unique way and to figure out what that role is going to look like between me and them. Sure. And not try to step in with a bunch of rules and heavy handedness. And, and that and, just backfires. I, and I, 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 yeah, like something I say all the time is like step families are step families are an art. We're not math, right? We're, we're, we're an totally. art and, and there's, can be a lot of, uh, a lot of resistance and maybe listener, maybe you're feeling some resistance when we're saying back the F off the rules right now. Right. Because obviously households need to have structure and they need to have rules and there need to be boundaries. Obviously, obviously, right. All I think Cameron and I are trying to say right now is it's not the first place you go, right. It can't be the well, first and place you go. Yeah. And, and there do need to be rules and boundaries. It just doesn't need to be you that's setting them right? Like it needs to be your spouse. It needs to be your partner because if it takes so long to establish a real bond with that stepchild, and if you try to discipline them or establish boundaries and rules before you have a strong bond with them, they will not take it and they will, it'll backfire on you a hundred percent. And if you can, you know, if you have that strong bond with them, that's one thing, but nine times out of 10, you probably don't yet. You may get there but you're probably not there at the beginning, but it's hard because as step parents, I think we come into it and we see more objectively stuff that's going on that I think in our minds, we're like, well, that's not right. We need to, you know, they shouldn't be allowed to stay up until all hours. They need to have a bedtime or, you know, they need to have their doors open or whatever the rule is, even if it's (laughs) stupid, you know, (laughs) Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it puts stepmoms in an almost untenable position. I think though, you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding because if you don't have the type of relationship with these kids to forgive them for their midnight bedtimes when they're seven years old, right. To let that slide. If you don't have the same kind of relationship with these kids to like, not care if they eat candy for dinner, right. These, these things that they get away with, with, with their, with their biological parent that we watched that were like, how is this happening as a biological parent with a biological bond? You can let a lot of this stuff slide, right? You're like, I know which hill I want to die on. This is not the hill I want to die on as the stepmom, We're like hyper aware. And that yeah. fact in itself shows that the bond isn't there. Right. I think that, I think that we can sometimes get to the other side where nothing, we, we let nothing slide, right. We have no, we have no flexibility with humanness. We have a higher expectation for kids behavior than we do for adult behavior. And, and that in my humble opinion is like just as hard as just as damaging to kids as having a parent that has no rules and is completely complacent. Totally. Right? So it's like, how do we, totally. how do we bring that together? How do we find a middle ground? How do we, right. Build the relationship first, connect before you correct one of my favorite. I don't know who said that totally. so credit. It's not me, but someone smart did. It's um, um, Patricia Papper now credits. Um, oh my gosh. There's, there's another um, expert that she, cause Pat- I heard it from Patricia Papper now. Okay. And I love it. You got to connect before you correct, but she, she, she credits someone else with it. And now I can't remember who, Credits the real store. <laughs> but I love real it. Source, if it's you, I credit you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So 
we're kind of in the pit now. I'm going to say in this, in this journey that we're going to, we're, we'll get through, we'll get through, we'll get, we'll get through Cameron. We're in the pit. <laughs> we're in the pit. Your stepson just called 911 on you. Stepson. Yeah. Stepson called 911 on you. Shit's hitting the fan. Can't talk to your husband because he's locked in a building with no phone. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it doesn't look good, Bob. So, 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 uh, take me through, you know, I, I call this like the TSN turning point where we're like, okay, something's got to change or this relationship is over. Cause I cannot keep doing this. This is not working. Right. Yeah. So take me through your TSN turning point. Obviously everything worked out because now you help stepmoms. Right. So, so take me through, like, what was your thought process? What, how were you feeling? What changed on your end? Right. And yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it was, it was not an overnight thing. Um, and it took a lot of conversations between me and my husband. And luckily we communicate really well. And we, we kind of always have come back to, even when we have a disagreement, we always kind of come back to our core principle, which is we're on the same team and we could be in the middle of a fight. And one of us will be like, Hey, we're on the same team. Remember? And it kind of like pulls us back. And so it was a number of conversations with him and, you know, he had, you know, he obviously knew what was happening when he wasn't here. And then, you know, there was stuff that happened in front of him. I mean, my other stepson at one point um, told me to rot in hell, you effing a-hole. <laughs> Their vocabularies are so much more expansive than mine were at that age. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> And Powerful. it was funny because my, it happened like right before my mother-in-law and her husband were coming into town and they are both... Um, they're retired priest and a retired bishop. And so one of his, one of his punishments for, for the outburst and for being, you know, for saying such outrageous things was that he had to sit down with them and tell them what he had said <laughs> and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it because he knew it was so bad. Um, but, you know, we had some of those moments and it really was kind of having some really hard conversations about my needs and me really, really thinking about what those needs were, because I think my first instinct, like so many new stepmoms is, well, I got to put my life to the side and do everything for the kids, everything for the husband, everything for the family. And my needs can wait. And you know, as we started talking about it, and again, it wasn't like one big kind of revelatory conversation. It was more like a number of conversations over, you know, some weeks. And I think especially as we got to the end of this assignment that he had at work, where we sort of knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel on that, <laughs> that really helped also. And it helped us sort of be able to imagine life when it's like more normal. Um, but it was really some conversations around what I now know, didn't know at the time, what I now know were my boundaries mm-hmm. and that I kind of had to say, okay, look, this is a lot for me. I'm an only child. I lived alone for 10 years before I met Craig and like putting aside all the challenges, even just having these four little people in the house is like a lot for me. Like, it's just a lot of noise and people and like, I'm not used to that. And so like putting aside all the others, all the ugly stuff, you know, what, 
what do I need to do to take care of myself and make sure that I am my best for the kids and for Craig? And so like I had to do some real, I call it deep navel gazing um, (laughs) in kind of figuring out what I needed, you know? And I mean, one of the first things that we came to before even tackling some of the other stuff was that I needed a regular time where I could go by myself and get a pedicure because that's like my happy place. I used to get them all the time before I met Craig when I was like single and carefree and, and I just sort of stopped when we got married and he was asking me about it one day when we were having all these discussions, he's like, you haven't gotten pedicure in a while. And I was like, well, I can't, I have all this other stuff to do. And he was like, Cameron. And he was actually the one that kind of pointed out, he's like, it makes you happy and it calms you down. It relaxes you. Like, it's okay for you to get away from us. (laughs) And it kind of dawned on me like, okay, okay. I don't have to be there all the time when the kids are at our house. Like I, I can, I can take some time for myself. And so now I feel so much less guilty going and doing something with a girlfriend or, you know, getting my hair done or whatever, you know, whereas at the beginning I would feel guilty for taking a step away. Isn't it so funny how common of an experience. So that was sort of the beginning of the conversation. Oh my gosh. So common. It's so common. I mean, I think so many stepmoms. I mean, I think it's, it's actually not, I think just a stepmom issue. I think it's a woman issue. I mean, I think that we get into a family, whether it's a step family or biological family and our needs automatically go to the back burner and it doesn't have to be that way. And it shouldn't be that way. It's not healthy. (laughs) So, so that was sort of the first step. And then as we kept having conversations about like, okay, well, in an ideal world, you know, what do things look like? what's going right, what's not going right, what can we change? Because, you know, there's a lot about the dynamic that you or your spouse can't necessarily change, especially if it's a high conflict with the other house or whatever. And so we kind of just worked through it. And, and, and I came to the realization that I needed to not be as involved in discipline. And that was one of the tougher conversations we had, because he really did want an equal partner. And, and I wanted to be an equal partner. And he also, and I think probably any parent would feel this way. He didn't want to always be the bad cop. And he's like, man, if I have to always be handing down the consequences and you're like fun stepmom, like that sucks. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I mean, it kind of does, but, but I kind of think that that's where we need to be. Like these kids are going to hate me. (laughs) Like we're already watching that happen. And so I very consciously took a step back from all that and really let him lead on any of the consequences. And then I would come back around and have a conversation with the child, like if whichever one, you know, something had happened, he would do the disciplining. I would come in afterwards and be like, Hey, so I just wanted to see how you're feeling after your conversation with your dad. Like, I think what your dad's trying to say is this. And, and then we would have more of a conversation about it. And so it just sort of put me in a different, less strict position if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, it does make sense. The, the, the thing that's coming up for, uh, for me is that you've said this, you said this a few times that, that your, your husband wanted an equal partner and, you know, the, I kind of, this is kind of like the theme of the conversation that I had when, uh, I spoke at your stepmom summit. Um, this Absolutely. is the theme that I talk about 
often, you know, unpacking this, this, this subconscious belief that we have, that our spouses have, that society has, that says our role as a stepmom is supposed to be the same as a, as a mother role. Right. And so by saying my, my husband, my wife, my partner, my spouse wants me to be an equal partner compared to what is the question that comes up for me right? An equal partner compared to what? His equal partner is his ex-wife because they are equally biological parents. So I think that, I think that there's this like really tangled, tangled, (laughs) this really tangled web that, that we weave for ourselves and this really tangled web that our spouses can weave for us where we think that the like gold medal that you get for being a stepmom is when you achieve equality to the other parent. Yeah. Which is so not the case. Don't do it. If this is you stop immediately. Do not not collect $200. Stop abort mission. Red alert, red alert, red alert. This is so bad. This is so wrong. This is so harmful for so many people because we are stepmoms. We are the stepmom. Even if our spouse's ex-partner died we will never be those kids biological that's right ever ever well and it all it all kind of goes back to and I'm glad that you know I think it's it's so neat that you kind of have structured this conversation around so what did you expect as a stepmom and what did you find because that's really the stepmoms that I work with that's like the first step to my blended family formula is like having you sit down with your spouse and talk about what did you think this was going to be and then having a conversation with your spouse what did you think this was going to be And I guarantee neither of you understood what the other expected. And until you can sort of reconcile those and maybe change some perceptions about what this needs to be, it's going to be really difficult to understand this role. And I I also, you know, this this kind of like a boundary conversation as well, um, I also think that there's a really important conversation that needs to be had around the fact of like, just because your spouse wants something to be that way, doesn't mean you have to sacrifice yourself in order to make that happen for them. My, my husband and I had this conversation a, a long time ago now, um, after we started coming to the other side of our shit show and we got to that point where we were able to have that conversation of saying, you know, this is what I thought life was going to look like. And I asked him, you know, what did you think life was going to look like? And he was like, honestly, I just didn't want to piss off my ex-wife because I was so afraid that she was going to take away my parenting time. Right. That that was his core driver. Mm -hmm. And and it showed right in all of our interactions and all of his decisions and all of the ways that I felt like I had less say in this house than a woman who didn't even live here. Right. It showed it definitely showed up. But when we were able to have that conversation and flip the script so that I could really get into empathy and, and hear that. Right. Exactly. That was that that was different. And that, that made a lot of things make a lot more sense why he expected certain things or acted certain ways, but it also doesn't give a pass to be given responsibilities that you didn't ask for. Right. And then it doesn't, it doesn't absolve you as the stepmom from knowing what your needs are and knowing what your boundaries are and advocating for them really for that. Yeah. (laughs) No one else is going to do it. And, and that's hard. I mean, I, I work with so many women who have a really hard time kind of 
either speaking up for what they know they want or, you know, having that conversation around expectations. And I was, one of, one of my students came back from the exercise and she said, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. I, you know, was talking to my husband about what he expected when we got married and his, his response was, well, I figured you would just step into where my ex was, but you'd do a better job. (laughs) She's like, I mean, he's not a jerk, but like, that's what he said. And I said, you know, that is so common. I think, I mean, I think that that's what a lot of people think about when they have a new spouse or new partner or whatever is, you know, bringing somebody in that will kind of be that person with them. Um, And it's not that they're just trying to like fill shoes, you know, but, but I think that's a common sentiment. And I think that it's not talked about much before you're in the shit show, you know? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I know Craig and I didn't sit down before we got married and talk about our expectations. I mean, we just, we were like tasting wedding cake and talking about houses and stuff, you know, (laughs) I mean, conversation that you really should have, but nobody ever does. I know. And (laughs) this is, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute here. And I just need to point out this fact, this, this, this fact where we spend so much time and energy and money planning our weddings (laughs) one day. We spend so much time on an effing cake and a dress and a photographer and flowers that die. We spend so much time, so much energy, so much money. We give so much stress, so much attention to one day, but we don't, we don't go to couples counseling. We don't go to premarital counseling. We don't go to couples counseling afterward. We don't do anything for ourselves afterward. We don't have a therapist. We don't have a coach. We don't do anything yet. We'll spend 60 or $70,000 on one day to get married. Like I can't, yeah. the math doesn't work out for me. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but that's exactly it. Right. I want to taste all, wedding I mean, cakes. Oh my God. I don't want to talk all, about your life. I want to taste wedding cake. Totally. Totally. We're all guilty. <laughs> but that's and it's funny in retrospect. I mean, you know, it was Craig's second time around. And so I remember having conversations with him, like, well, is this weird for you? Like, do you, is there stuff you don't want to do? Cause you've already done this. And he was like, no, no, absolutely. I'm in, I'm all in for whatever you want to do, you know? And, but he did tell me, he's like, you know, I think you'll find like a few years in that, like half the stuff we're doing, you'll wish we didn't do. And I was like, absolutely not. This, this is the best day of my life. We're going to do all the things. And we did. I mean, we had yeah, a blowout wedding. This day we had fireworks. For years. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. We had fireworks over the beach. I mean, it was amazing. amazing. And, um, <laughs> and now, you know, that we're years down the road, I'm like, yeah, we didn't really need all that. <laughs> and he's been gracious enough not to like rub, rub my face in it, sure. but he was totally right. <laughs> sure. But he let you come to your own conclusion. He planned yeah. many years ago and now it's blossomed. So he doesn't have to say, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cameron, I'm, I'm wondering if you could give us just like a really brief kind of sneak peek glimpse um, into your blended family formula like what is this what is this all about you kind of talked about the first thing that you do what what do you do after that yeah so so I've got a six-week intensive course and blended is an it focuses on this blended family formula blended is is an acronym and so it's seven sort of for lack of a better word it's not stages it's sort of seven things 
around stepmom life that you really need to understand and get a good grasp on in order to succeed as a stepmom. So it's building your foundation and that's things like, you know, making sure that you guys are solid, dealing with the expectation stuff, lowering your anchor, which I call your anchor statement. It's sort of like developing a a, a type of mission statement, engaging with your stepkids, and that's learning how to bond with them and, you know, addressing the fact that you may want more structure than than your spouse does um, and how to deal with, you know, the discipline challenges that come along and all that stuff, new family formation. And that's sort of talking about like how you handle house rules and, you know, stuff like that. Um, doting on your relationship. And that is the fact that like, none of this would be there if you hadn't fallen in love and you have got to have a priority on your relationship. And that's, I think, you know, as much as we put ourselves on the back burner, a lot of times you get so caught up, you put your relationship on the back burner too. And that's the whole reason we're here. <laughs> and so it's kind of bringing that, you know, making that a priority again. And then uh, the X-Files, which is my little cutesy name for how to deal with all things X-related, high conflict and all that good stuff. And then the last one is don't forget about you and self-care and all the things. I love it. So I love yeah. it. I wish I came up with that. That's so hard. <laughs> I love it. I love it all. <laughs> it's great. And it it's great. And it has really, it's really made a difference in my students' lives. And, and you know, it really does kind of cover all the things. So yeah, it sounds fantastic. Fantastic. Sounds yeah. spectacular. Um, and something else super exciting is that it sounds like you might be planning another summit. Yes. So we loved putting on the stepmom summit in August. And if you have listeners that weren't able to go, um, they can go to the website, thestepmomsummit.com, and you can still get an all access pass um, and go back and view the presentations and stuff. But like you spoke, Brittany, and, and yours was super popular. People were so, they were loving what you had to say. And we really had an amazing three days of kind of all the top stepmom experts in the world were there for three days. It was amazing. And so we really... It, it went so well. And there were so many women that were um, positively impacted. We wanted to do another event and we didn't want to wait a year to do another summit. So we are going to tackle the holiday season because that is something that is so hard for stepmoms, especially when you're in your first few years. And we're going to do, um, it'll, we are still kind of fleshing it all out, but it's going to be probably a 90 minute um, workshop It'll be live with Beth McDonough and myself. Beth is my co-founder of the Stepmom Summit, of course. And we're going to talk about all the things, you know, feeling like an outsider at the holiday season, how to deal with, you know, family traditions and like establishing your own traditions, dealing with traditions that may already be there, all the, all the things, because there's what so the much monogram? around holidays. <laughs> we, we may be... <laughs> aren't going to tackle monograms, but <laughs> on monogramming. <laughs> well, it sounds amazing. I was like, I was absolutely blown away at, at what you and Beth were able to put together this, this August for the summer. And I'm sure there are thousands of women who are going to be so excited to hear that you are yeah. doing another one. Um, we'll make sure that we link that up. It's the stepmomsummit.com. Yes. We'll link that up in the show notes for sure. And, you know, Cameron, is there um, anything else that you want to share 
with our listeners before we wrap up and you can tell us where to find you if we want to stalk you on social media, that kind of stuff. Anything else you want to share? Girls of wisdom. Yeah. So, um, well, first you can find me at thiscustomlife.com and then I'm on, um, all the different social medias. Just look for this custom life Instagram. It's this underscore custom underscore life. And then everything else is just at this custom life. Um, and you know, I think that the one thing I always tell stepmoms that I think is easier said than done. And even for me still, and probably for you too, is be kind to yourself and cut yourself a little bit of slack because as much as things may be going wrong and as much as you may have to learn still, um, this is a hard job. You've been thrown into something that is maybe not in your comfort zone and you're probably doing a much better job than you think that you are. And give yourself some grace and just be kind, you know, think about all the negative things that we say to ourselves over the course of a day, maybe dial that back and think about some of the kind things that you would say to your friends and say those to yourself. It's so funny that you say this, but, uh, we just had this conversation in our monthly coaching call inside of the stepmom story. This was one of the things that I, that I invited the group to participate in over the next couple of weeks was becoming very mindful of the things that we say to ourselves. And something I say all of the time is that if our spouses talk to us the way that we talk to ourselves, we would leave them because it's abusive, right? It's the way that we talk to ourselves is abusive for most of us. It's hurtful. It's hurtful. There's why are we so hard on ourselves? So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Be Be your own bestie. Gotta be your own bestie. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Be your own bestie. Mindful of self-talk. I love that. Very timely. Um, yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for your time today. That was yes. No, this was so fun. I'm so glad to do it. Yeah, it was awesome. We'll make sure to link all of uh, Cameron's social links up in the show notes for you. Um, make sure that you head to that stepmomsummit.com, thestepmomsummit.com to check out what the gals are talking about for the holidays. And uh, thanks for tuning in, Cameron. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. I wanted to let you know about a special online mini training that I'm offering for free for a limited time. It's called Peace, Love, Stepmom. And not to toot my own horn, but beep, beep, it's pretty freaking awesome. Peace, Love, Stepmom will give you the exact steps to take in order to create more harmony in your stepfamily without feeling like you have to walk on eggshells or bite your tongue or ignore your own needs just to keep the peace. Because if you are listening to this, then chances are pretty good that you know there's a big difference between not fighting and actually feeling peaceful. To enroll in Peace, Love, Stepmom and get immediate access to this incredible online course, head to peacelovestepmom.com and sign up. It's totally free. You don't want to miss it. So go to peacelovestepmom.com to enroll and get immediate access. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are.
I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week. For more behind-the-scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM. Tag me in your posts, tag me in your stories, let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better and Instagram is my jam. I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend. <laughs>